0: good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you in the podcast today as your anchor gripped firmly to the Word of God. It's so good to have you as part of the study today in our ongoing series in our uh, pursuit of the first 12 apostles, the, the uh, disciples of our Lord. And we've been spending time looking over them. And learning uh, what became of the apostles after the resurrection and the ascension of our Lord. And I hope that these things will be a benefit to you. It's kind of discouraging. I know I've spoken with somebody that's been listening to these. And oftentimes it can be a little bit daunting to think about the fates of all these men and about sometimes the very horrific ways in which they stepped out into eternity. And, and, of course, we're not surprised, and they probably were not surprised when it happened because uh, the Lord Jesus Christ himself told them that he was sending uh, them out as sheep in the midst of wolves and that they were to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And he said in Matthew chapter 10, uh, that ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And fear not them which kill the body, Jesus said, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. But he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. I see that as a really great encouragement from our Lord as a necessary reminder that there are a lot of Christian people today that are holding on to this life and this existence with such tremendous grip, and they find that it's unsatisfying and discouraging uh, when we are reminded by the Lord himself that this world is just our temporary passing through place, but that we ought to make it count for Christ. So today you may be reading of these Uh, these men of God, these useful servants of the Lord. We've learned of Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Thomas so far. And we've learned of how the Lord used their lives and that they were willing to entirely surrender and give their lives to Christ and to be useful for Him in the preaching of the gospel. And I want to encourage all of us, too, to hold very loosely to the things of this world, to the things of this life because they are passing away, and we look forward to that time when we'll be with the Lord for all of eternity. Today, we are turning our attention toward the Apostle Matthew, one of those 12 disciples. Uh, his name actually was Levi. He was one of those uh, inner circle of the disciples of the Lord. He is traditionally regarded as the author of the Gospel of Matthew, with uh, actually very good uh, um, uh evidence for that. But Matthew, uh, Matthew was used greatly of the Lord in writing the gospel that goes underneath his name that actually was probably more influential than any of the other gospels at first uh, as it went out and introduced people to the Lord Jesus Christ, in particular to those that were Jewish because he was Jewish himself and had a way of writing that would not unnecessarily offend the Jewish people but that he would introduce them to... To uh, Jesus Christ and how he is legitimately the king of Israel. Uh, When Jesus called Matthew to follow him, he was a tax collector. In the New Testament, that's often translated as a publican. That was actually one of the most reviled professions in ancient Judaism. Uh, In fact, I don't even know of an IRS agent in America today that's very respected, in the sense that they are some of the most hated people and reviled professions even today. But it was particularly so in ancient Judaism and in uh, Matthew's lifetime. It would not have been regarded as one of those things to really aspire to be. Little is really known about Matthew, aside from a handful of mentions in the Gospels, Uh, He's surprisingly an obscure New Testament figure, Um, despite the fact that the church has long understood that he was the author of the Gospel of Matthew. We don't really have a lot of other things that are recorded about him. He is honored as a martyr. We're not absolutely certain where or how he died. Uh, There are a lot of accounts that say he was beheaded. Some of them say he was stoned. Uh, There were others that uh, record that he was burned or stabbed. Well, I don't care how you look at that. I'd rather not have any any of those be true about me. But uh, certainly one of those uh, identified uh, how Matthew ended up giving his life in martyrdom for the cause of Christ. A lot of legends about his ministry are out there today. Uh, but no substantial biblical records about his role in the early church. So you need to be very careful. There are some records that were written two or three hundred years after the life of Matthew that claim to be written by him, but certainly they were not in his lifetime, nor written were they written by his hand itself. So what do we really know about him? We go to our Bible, and we learn many tidbits about him. We, As I mentioned, he is also known as, a.k.a. Levi. He is known as that in Mark and the Gospel of Luke as well. Uh, this could have meant that he was from the tribe of Levi, or Matthew may have simply been the Greek name that he went by in the world that he lived in as a tax collector let's think about that just for a little bit for a moment he was contracted by the roman empire he signed a contract and it was his job to collect taxes from the jews in capernaum Uh, The Hebrew word or Capernaum that we know it by in English. Uh, He lived there and he was exposed to the ministry of Jesus. Undoubtedly heard him preach and teach on numerous occasions. It wasn't like Jesus just walked up to him at the tax collector's booth and said, follow me without any previous exposure. Uh, the Bible tells us that Levi was in the very village where Jesus did many of his notorious miracles and where he preached many messages from the seashore there, and people gathered around and he did his miracles. Tax collectors in Matthew's day were known for lying. They were just liars about how much people owed, and they would often pocket the difference. You read of that in the story of Zacchaeus, that when he would rob from people after his conversion, he said he would return fourfold what he had gotten because he had robbed people for so long. So you can see why they were much hated. But the Bible also tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, in many ways, tax collectors, that very word, tax collector or publican, that was synonymous with the Jewish population with being a sinner. And in Matthew 9, verse 12, Jesus actually lumps Matthew in with other sinners. He would go to their his home and they would be gathered there, all of these notorious sinners, and he would preach and minister to them. He was also an eyewitness to Jesus' ministry. As one of Jesus' 12 disciples, he witnessed more of his life and ministry than almost anyone else, particularly being right from the village there and living there. I mean, besides Peter, James, and John, Matthew was probably one of those that was most well-versed in the ministry of Christ. And then, of course, he was an evangelist. He was a preacher. God used him to be able to reach out to the Jewish nation and God's people. Uh, The title of... Of the of Matthew uh, comes from the Greek word evangelion, evangelion, which means good news itself. So this is the Matthew of the discipleship with the Lord. Uh, I love to read Matthew's gospel. I'm currently uh, reading it again and studying that for preparation and preaching in the ministry that God has given to me. But he began in our Lord's ministry and was there for at least three and a half years in the ministry of our Savior and heard him preach and heard him teach and, and was uh, taught and instructed by him. Then eventually, of course, gave his life. When it comes to the Apostle Matthew, uh, there's not much to go on, but what we do have that's stated about him in the Gospels actually shows us that Matthew was one of Jesus' most powerful examples of of the forgiveness that God offers everyone. That it is really irrelevant what you have done in life. The grace of Jesus Christ is able to superabound, to overcome all of our weaknesses and failures. This tax collector was undoubtedly reviled for who he was in his community. There was probably people that didn't want anything to do with him, particularly in a small village of Capernaum when everybody knew everybody else. But it's interesting, Jesus loved him for who he was, and and despite his position as a religious outsider, Jesus gave him a prominent position within what would eventually become the church of the living God. You know, nobody is beyond God's ability to save. He loves you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. Uh, the failures that you've had in life, it doesn't matter how great your sin is, the grace of God is even better. May the Lord help us never to, to lose our appreciation for the amazing grace of Christ. What's God forgiven of you today? Have you thanked Him lately? Why don't you take time and give Him glory today for all that He's overlooked and saved you from and put underneath the blood of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you walk with Him today, be found faithful in His sight.